movie Titanic minute by minute. I'm your co-host Rob and joined as always by my good friends Joe and Duff. Hey. Hello. And it's Wednesday so that means we have a Harley Ocean with us today. A Harley Ocean today is Tom Linsky who is the guy behind the game Titanic Honor and Glory. Welcome Tom. How's it going guys? It's good to be here. Oh it's great man. Thanks uh, so much for being on it. You don't know how many times in our listener group where people have posted stuff about Titanic Honor and Glory, and I've sort of stayed quiet about knowing that we're going to have you on as a guest? Sweet. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's come up a lot. Really? Oh, well, that's, that's kind of really cool to hear. Um, I forget how I found out about you guys, but um, I saw you guys were doing the Tombstone Minute prior to this, Yeah. which yes. I, I think this is pretty cool because... Um, on a day-to-day basis, I'm working with the Titanic, and Tombstone is like one of my favorite movies of all time. So, oh wow, I'm liking your lineup right here. So, that's yeah. pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, we uh, Tombstone minutes are our debut album, and this is our sophomore <laughs> effort right here. Uh, so, yeah, let's let's jump into this minute. In this minute, uh, Murdoch commits suicide. So this minute starts though with uh, Fabrizio mourning the loss of Tommy. And Bastardo! Tom, <laughs> yes. So, Tom, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of questions for you because you're about the closest thing we've had to a Titanic historian. Um, I'm sure Titanic had its fair share of Italians and Irish people, but were they all cartoons like these two characters? <laughs> um, no, but that would certainly have made our game more interesting. Um, actually, they, uh, they weren't, but the crew of the Titanic, at least in some cases, kind of thought they were. Uh, there's all sorts of instances, especially with the Italians, where the, um, where the officers actually didn't really like the Italians on board. Um, there's actually some very not funny stories that we could go into. I don't know how much of that stuff you want to go into or if you want to keep it light or not uh (laughs) give it to us give us a good one yeah okay um well there was fifth officer low and he was put in uh lifeboat 14 actually you would have already passed that in this movie they do show it yes is that is that with molly brown in that lifeboat no that was lifeboat six okay uh lifeboat 14 i don't know probably about 15 minutes ago in the film you see Lightoller threaten a bunch of passengers with his revolver. He turns around, he, he breaks open the gun to start putting bullets in, and uh, he says, Mr. Lowe, man this boat. Okay, so anyway, okay. Lowe jumps in that, and um, in real life, they show it in the film, but it happened in real life. They were passing A deck, which is the deck below the boat deck, and there was a bunch of, bunch of men trying to mob the boat, and he fired warning shots into the ocean. Now, he said in the inquiry later that he wanted to keep them back because they looked Italian. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Now, you have to understand that isn't just a simple racist comment. That's not simply saying, I don't want Italians in the boat. 
back then that was kind of slang for rowdy and uh, uncontrollable. Okay. So he, he was basically saying, I didn't want a bunch of people mobbing the boat. That would be out of control. Oh, wow. So, but he actually had to issue an official apology to the nation of Italy after the sinking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Dear Italy. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't wow. know. I always thought that was, that was kind of funny in a really dark way, you know. Yeah. Being forced yeah. to apologize. That, on the apology note, that's kind of a good segue into something I wanted to talk about uh, concerning uh, Murdoch. Yeah. And there was a lot of controversy when this movie came out from uh, Murdoch's family because mm -hmm. Murdoch's representation takes liberties, as, and in fairness, all historical movies do this. But Murdoch was, by all accounts, remembered fairly heroically. Is that right, Tom? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And in the movie, not so much. I mean, the. I'm not casting judgment on fictional Murdoch, but not exactly a saint. So. Yeah, James Cameron actually uh, issued an apology after this, and I think he did some sort of grant for a, a college fund in the town that Murdoch came from as yeah. a token of apology. I have yes. a, a BBC article from uh, 1998, and uh, the vice president of 20th Century Fox actually went to I'll probably mis mispronounce this, Del Beatty near Dumfries mm -hmm. in the UK. And he went there to offer a personal apology um, because uh, the Murdoch was Scots born and he's kind of a big hero to them, mm -hmm. as, he, as he should be in real life. So they're still a little like they accepted the apology. I think it went over as well as it could, but. Uh, they did say at the end that, you know, uh, and in fairness, they were right, that, you know, a couple years or weeks or whatever from now, everyone will forget about this ceremony, but this movie, which is the biggest yeah, movie the of movie's all time. Yeah, the movie's still out there and people are a, still buying into yeah, it. Yeah, until 2009 or whatever. So yeah, I, how much damage do you think this did to Murdoch's reputation? Uh, oh, geez. How much damage did it do to his reputation? That's a good question. I never heard it phrased like that. Um, well, you can it, answer any way you'd like. I'm just curious what your opinion is on this. An officer did shoot himself during the yes. sinking. Mm -hmm. Now, whether it's actually an officer or someone that uh, witnesses mistook for an officer, perhaps a, a sailor or mm -hmm. a, a passenger in a long black coat shooting himself, you know, that's up for debate, but someone who looked like an officer shot themselves during the sinking. Uh, James Cameron picked Murdoch because he was on the bridge at the time, and he figured that he'd be blaming himself. Um, that is something that you see in basically every film depiction. Murdoch's always blaming himself mm -hmm. um, when Partially in reality. He was on duty or on watch when they hit the iceberg, correct? Sorry. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So he ordered uh, hard to starboard, which actually means turn the ship to port. It does not mean turn the ship to starboard. Um, but he orders that, and uh, the ship doesn't make it, and it hits along there. So he would be blaming himself. Um, yeah. Oh, some of the witness accounts, you know, some some say it was Murdoch. Though, like we're not. Sh it could have been him who did it. It could have been, but there's actually very good testimony. Um, 
first-hand accounts of Murdoch being pulled under the water when um, the boat's actually oh. going under. So okay. basically you see it when, uh, when Fabrizio gets pulled under the water later, when water is coming up over this deck and the lifeboat's being pulled under. Uh, that's when Murdoch likely was sucked under the water and he just never came up uh, okay. alongside 6th Officer Moody. However, okay. what um, the person who I think most likely shot himself was Chief Officer Wild, who is the other man we see in this scene, the one looking at Murdoch who shouts no will to him. Okay. Because um, his whereabouts during the sinking are actually very unknown. His final minutes are unknown, and uh, he would have been one of the four to have been issued a revolver. Uh, only four pa only four officers were given revolvers um, by the by the Titanic's actual inventory. They were actually issued revolvers. However, Officer Lowe and a couple others had their own guns that they brought on board. So Chief Officer Wild, he's less known. He's he's more of a question, and we know he was armed. So interesting. I think it. It most likely would have been him, and unfortunately, that's not because of evidence. It's more so because of lack of evidence, which is not something I like to speculate on, but everyone else kind of has uh, a sort of alibi as to where they died. You know what I mean? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. If Murdoch, he, he, you know, as we sort of talk about, he, uh, he commits suicide, and uh, there's all this Murdoch... Uh, drama afterwards i did read that james cameron kind of defended his depiction of murdoch by calling him an honorable man not of a man gone bad or of a cowardly murderer he added mm -hmm. quote i'm not sure you'd find the sa that same sense of responsibility and total devotion to duty today this guy had half his lifeboats launched before his counterpart on the port side had even launched one that says something about character and heroism i agree but I mean, this is this is one of the biggest movies of all time. Yeah, you can't you can't make the movie and show it one way and then say a few words later. I I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree. His t his tone in the commentary is very uh, he's very kind to Murdoch, but I'm sure that's because I, I just view like the studio guys like, look, you have to say nice things in this commentary. We got in a lot of trouble about this. <laughs> Well, I think what was um, what was actually more damaging to Murdoch's reputation is the bribe, as opposed to the suicide. Yeah. Um, now he didn't really bribe him per se, because when when he slips him the money, Murdoch seems completely overwhelmed. So if you read into his character, he's not really taking the bribe, but that's that's how the general audience is going to perceive it. Yeah, so. he does throw it back, but he does initially sort of accept the money. Yeah. I have a fun fact for you, Joe. This is specifically for you. Okay. Um, uh, shortly after the sinking of the Titanic, the New York Herald published a story about Rigel, a dog reportedly <laughs> owned by Murdoch who saved some of the survivors from the sinking. <laughs> While the story was widely reported or reproduced, contemporary analysis cast doubt on whether the dog actually existed. <laughs> what did the dog like supposedly do? He saved a bunch of passengers. Like, what did he, like, like grab them by the collar and drag them to boats? Like, what did he do? Did he just drag them all I the actually, way to New York? I can tell you guys this story. Okay. Um, 
I can also tell you it's false, though. Oh. Um, but the, the legend is the dog was picked up out of the water, and um, when the Carpathia arrived and was picking up all these different lifeboats, the, the bow of the ship was coming up over another lifeboat, and uh, the, the sailors on deck didn't see that boat down at the water. So they were about to run it over by accident while being overwhelmed with other lifeboats. Uh, no one in the lifeboat could shout up because they were all too weak, but the dog started barking. They spotted it thanks to that, and the boat was saved. Oh, so there was a dog survivor? There were actually three dog survivors. Wow. But that story about Rigel is false. Okay. The but there, there were, were three, three dog dogs, survivors yeah. is pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, there were about 10 or 11 on board. Um but the survivors were all small dogs that passengers just stuck in their coats. Okay. Oh. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, so this minute continues on, and, and we go to the other side of the ship, and we see another collapsible has landed upside down. Now, I talked about this earlier this week, and I think I mentioned the wrong vote, but this is collapsible B. Is that correct, Tom? Yes, that's correct. So earlier we see another collapsible get tipped over like two minutes prior. Do you know which one that was? Uh, that was collapsible A. Collapsible okay. A is the one on Murdoch's side. Uh, it gets slid down that ramp of oars and boards. Um, and that's the one that Murdoch and Wild are struggling with. Collapsible okay. Okay. B is the one that lands upside down on the deck. That's the one Officer Lightaller is working with. Okay. And that never flips back over, right? We talked about that it just kind of stayed that way, and people hung on to, like, about 30 people were still on top of it when people showed up. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Actually, that lifeboat, um, that was kind of the place to be for all of the uh, Titanic notable survivors. Like, everyone with an interesting story who stayed until the end happens to have been on that overturned okay. boat. Oh, interesting. Uh, why are they called, this is a dumb question, why are they called collapsibles? Because they look pretty sturdy and not something that would collapse. Yeah, um, I'm not too much of an expert on the lifeboat, so I can't look at the, uh, the film reproductions and say that's accurate or not. Oh, I think okay. it looks inaccurate, just visually speaking, but they were called collapsibles because the sides of them were made of canvas and they would fold up. And uh, basically, they could be stacked easily on top of each other. Um, just visually speaking, looking at this, they don't look as collapsible as they should, no. though. They look very They look very it's like wood. it made of wood all the way through. Yes. Yeah, it should have just been a, a, a wooden bottom that was remotely boat-shaped, more so like a raft, and then okay. uh, canvas sides that, that fold up. Okay. Um, so then we, uh, we move on. And we have uh, Cal grabs this, this, this kid and says, uh, comes up to in front of the line and says he's all that she has in the world. And he's waved onto the boat. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, how, to what degree is he wrong? I, I mean, what does he have in the world other than his money? <laughs> oh, no, I think he's saying that she... Jeez. Yeah, I know, but like he oh, doesn't. Okay. He's he's lost Rose. Yeah, he's lost his manservant. That's true. <laughs> well, I think what he says is, um, "I'm all she has in the world." Oh. Like, well, yeah. to, to a degree, that's true too. Yeah, I know. I mean, it is true. an abandoned child. Yeah. He I mean, essentially so far, saves her. 
He does? See? He kind of yeah. does. He saves her. She'd probably die. Mm-hmm. Cal saves kids. Later on, we'll see. <laughs> that sounds like the worst tele- like telethon of all time. <laughs> it, is that an offshoot of the Cars for Kids organization with that annoying jingle? Yes. Uh, so, okay, so I have a question. I want to get Tom. Sorry, you're here to answer all is these questions. Is your question, is Cal good or great? No, 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 no. Because we're, we're all, both. We're, most of our history, uh, most of our knowledge of the history of this, of this, uh, uh, of the actual ship is based entirely on some uh, quick Google glances I've done. Okay. Uh, you've read books. Yeah, I've read. Man. I've read. Come on. Yeah, it's you true. Don't sell right. yourself short. Um, are there any cases of this in real life on Titanic that someone just grabbed a child to get on the boat or at least like ended up adopting a child they found on the ship that was abandoned? Um, Sounds like yeah, a TJF sitcom. <laughs> there were instances of. Um, of adoption sort of um not so much what we see here in in the case of cal there were a couple of you had people authentically helping yes actually genuinely helping out like there were there were cases of survivors um like young children who lost their parents and uh people would take them in I don't know how permanent that adoption was. It might have just been a few months until they could be transferred to like an uncle or an aunt. There is one instance of of two kids who survived who spoke only French and uh, no one could figure out who they were related to because what actually happened was their father found out that the mother was cheating on her on him. Oh. And um, on the boat? No, prior oh. prior to this. Okay. Um, and they were divorcing, and she ended up getting full custody. So he just got the kids over Easter and then decided, I'm running off to America. They jumped on the Titanic without letting the, uh, letting the ex-wife know. And then when the ship started sinking, he got them to a lifeboat and he died. And no one had any clue who these kids were. And just by some dumb luck, um, the mother saw their photo in a newspaper. And then, like, they were reunited, like, a month or two later. But there are instances of, like, adoption or at least fostering them until they could be reunited later. Now, as far as just picking up a random kid, I can't think of anything offhand just to get into a lifeboat. But there is the story of um, Alice Cleaver, who was the maid of the Allison family, which was a, a very wealthy family from Canada, traveling in first class. And she was hired to take care of their 18-month-old baby. And when the ship started sinking, she panicked and ran off with the baby and went right into a lifeboat. And as the ship was sinking, the mother and the father and their three-year-old daughter were in a frenzy searching the whole ship looking for this, their baby. Yeah. And they never found, her, uh, found him. And as a result, they died. And uh, the three-year-old girl was the only first-class child to be lost in the sinking. Oh, so that's the... Okay, okay. Wow, that's horrible. Yeah, it is. Actually, there's some speculation that um, the girl that Cal picks up is loosely based off of that girl in first class. Uh, It doesn't look like it. She does not look like a first-class girl based off of her clothing. But no, they were put into collapsible A in the last few minutes the wife and the three-year-old girl. They got into the collapsible, but when the water came crashing up over, 
the lifeboat dumped all of its passengers out, and then they fell into the water, and they drowned. Ugh. Yeah. Wow. Man. Rough night. Well. <laughs> On a happier note, I like to imagine that Cal and this girl had a orphan Annie, Daddy Warbucks situation afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. There we go. Uh, so that's all I have on this actual minute. Before we jump into sort of like general questions for Tom, do either of you guys have anything else on this actual minute? What does the I minute think? actually end with? Like, where, where's the, the minute ending ends, point? The minute ends with uh, uh, he sort of is waved onto the boat. Cal's waved onto the boat with the with the little girl. Yeah. Okay. So. He's getting situated on the boat with the girl. All right. Well, by the way, that officer who waves him on is Officer Wild. Um, Oh, okay. The more likely candidate for suicide. Oh, that is a fun fact. Okay. Um, so, Tom, we sort of have like a standard set of questions that we like to ask our, uh, our Heart of the Oceans, as you are today. Sure. Um, what is your Titanic story? And this can be kind of a long story because how does this lead to your current project? Oh, great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't know how that all happened. It just happened. Um, I was always interested in history. I love history. I love the Titanic. I love all ships, um, transportation, military history. Most subjects from history I have at least some fascination with, but Titanic has always been the big one for me. Um... I don't know exactly where it started, but I always credit the fact that my dad had a uh, plastic model of the ship when I was like two or three years old. And okay. it was all smashed up in a million pieces, and I used to try to put it back together like a, like a toy, like a puzzle, not knowing what it was or anything like that, but I would play <laughs> with it. And then he started telling me, you know, if you're interested in that, here's a book on it, and I would look at the pictures in it, because, you know, I couldn't read yet, or... Um, and then I saw the movie A Night to Remember, which was the uh, 1958 Titanic film. Yep. And then uh, when I was turning six, this movie came out on my birthday. And uh, I was so excited for it. And we went to the movies on my birthday, and we saw Mouse Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this was sold out. But eventually we got to this, and uh, I don't know, it kind of blew my mind. Um, That's an intense movie for a six-year-old. Yeah, you would have sit oh, through yeah. a whole like 195-minute film. I mean, you loved the subject, so I guess it was fine. Yeah. Well, then I saw it a bunch of times too because, like, everyone in my family individually wanted to take me. Yeah. So I, I just went along with it. Sure, I loved going to the movies. So I saw it a bunch of times. Um, it was very intense the first time. It was kind of scary, but um, no, I loved it. And then the, the fascination with the actual ship just grew from there. Um, coming out of high school, I made a short film about the Titanic, about the two telegraph operators called okay. The Last Signals. It's, it's really lame. It's low budget. We can't act. Um, <laughs> did you play Bride or Phillips? Or I was Phillips. <laughs> I okay. was Phillips, and my friend Jake was Harold Bride. Okay. And uh, it was just fun to make, but that's somewhere on YouTube. And then... We'll try to find it and link to it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yes. 
Well, just as a result, I got dragged into uh, a video game project because um, they saw the film and they wanted me to write the script, and I'm like, sure, uh, why not? And then uh, that project, over many stages of evolution, became Titanic Honor and Glory. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, have so. a, I have a follow-up question, and you actually set this up rather well. Um, in, there's been a lot of uh, film adaptations, and... In addition to now James Cameron, the one that gets brought up the most, and usually by people with more of a historical interest, uh, is A Night to Remember. Mm -hmm. And that's usually brought up, and a lot of people say, oh, that's the much more factual, better movie for whatever reason. And I was wondering if, number one, you had an opinion on a Night to Remember versus James Cameron's Titanic, or whether you, there's another Titanic movie that does better. And uh, number two, what you think of James Cameron's Titanic overall in terms of accuracy? As far as the ultimate Titanic film, I was actually thinking Thumbtanic. You guys have seen that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, actually, um, I always, I always kind of felt that James Cameron's Titanic and A Night to Remember complemented each other really well. If you wanted to know what the ship was like, if you wanted to see what the interiors were and, um, and how the ship really looked and what the sinking really was, if you want that, you got to watch this film. Um, I think I think there was better casting for a lot of the ship's crew in this movie. Um, but as far as people's stories and the overall emotion during the sinking, I would say Nights Remember is better because the characters in that are all real people. Um, even the main characters, uh, the, the main family, the one with the, the kid who's dressed like a sailor, um, they're a real family too. They just had to change the name for legal reasons, I think, but, oh, okay. but every other person in that film every single one is real or at least based on someone real so you're seeing the real stories of people whereas in this um everyone in the background is real but the main characters and the main plot are completely fictional yeah. so um and one thing i will say is that and cameron will admit this too is that a lot of shots are lifted from a night to remember in this movie oh absolutely there's a lot of shots of, um, oh, I'm trying to think of some specifics. There's one of the, one of the serving trays in the dining room just starting to roll forward. I think that's in a deleted scene, but um, that's a little homage. Yeah, I mean. A lot it, of Ken Marshall stuff, too. There's that's a lot like of Ken Marshall in this, yeah. yeah. If, you, if anyone goes and watches A Night to Remember, I guarantee there'll be at least half a dozen scenes where you're like, oh, that looks pretty familiar. Well, even this scene right here, which we just watched, where he picks up the girl, that sort of happens in A Night's Remember, too. There's that kid who's looking for his mother at the end, and that old man just picks him up and kind of comforts him while they die. So um, the idea of a lost child being picked up, I think he also got that from A Night's Remember. Interesting. Yeah. There's a... In case anyone's interested, there's a really good Criterion edition of uh, A Night to Remember. Yes, that's, that's actually the one I have. That's a yeah. very yeah, good one. I, I think it comes with a documentary, too. Yeah, I picked that up when we started this project eight years ago or whatever it was. 
<laughs> uh, Tom, can you can you kind of dive into a little more about Titanic, Honor, and Glory for our listeners to, to, to learn about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it started as a, a personal project for a lot of the crew. We wanted to see what it was like to actually walk around the Titanic just ourselves. And then started realizing other people might want to see this as well and then we turn it into a, a commercial product which we're working on um, so Titanic Honor and Glory is a video game where you can explore the ship and, and talk to the historical characters and experience the sinking in real time you play as a fictional character named Owen Robert Morgan an Oxford University student who is accused of a series of uh, pretty serious crimes and has to prove his innocence on board the Titanic. Um, we're building the entire Titanic inside and out, fully authentically, as best as we can. We're working with historians, uh, a lot of the same historians who uh, made this movie authentic. Um, we've actually got a lot of James Cameron's crew working with us and helping us get awesome. what we're doing right. So it's authentic. We've been going through probably every existing resource for the Titanic or other ships from the time just to make everything in our project accurate. Um, you can find us on Facebook or on YouTube. You just search Titanic Honor and Glory or uh, www.titanichg.com. And we also have a, uh, a free demo, which you could find on our website. You can, you can download it. There's a standard and a VR version. Oh. I, I watched the uh, two-hour and 42-minute long sinking <laughs> video, yep. and I was like, I'm not watching this whole thing, and then I did. <laughs> At work, right? <laughs> I had it on the background while I was working. Yeah, and I was like, I'll, I'll just check this out a little bit, and then I was like, oh, I'm really into this, oddly enough. Because you have all the timestamps of like when the different things happen. Which are really interesting. Yeah, well, we actually rushed that video. Um, we did another video later about the Britannic, which is a lot more along the lines of what we wanted to do with the Titanic. We wanted voices, and we wanted accounts going, and of course we wanted better graphics and more detail. Sure. But um, we wanted to rush it out for the anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic two years ago, and uh, we agreed we were going to do this. We got the ball rolling and then we realized the anniversary was actually a week away so we didn't <laughs> sleep at all that week and we really rushed and all we really wanted to do was post the video have a real-time podcast and then delete the video yeah but overnight it had like a hundred thousand views so there were news articles about it and then uh, by the end of the week it was up to like 10 million so wow. we couldn't delete it yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Tom, thanks a lot for being on our our silly show. This is maybe the first time our listeners have learned anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm sorry, I'm getting sick. I wish I had more energy to to talk more, and but I really enjoyed it. So thanks for having me. Oh, wow. no problem. Uh, thanks for coming on, and listeners, you should definitely check out. Uh, titanic honor and glory i know we've discussed uh, a little bit on this on this podcast we've mentioned uh titanic adventure out of time do you remember that game tom oh yeah that was one of the first video games i played yeah 
Yeah, yeah. That was the uh, game with the Hillary Hillary Clinton character, right? No, that was that was <laughs> Dust Tale of the Wired West, which oh, is by okay. the same company that came out before okay. that. Okay, I knew we talked about yep. a similar time frame. Yep, yep. I love Dust Tale of the Wired West. I played that game a ton as a kid. I've never uh, well, Tom played thinks that a lot. One. You haven't? No, I can't. I uh, haven't dude. found it. Is it online? Can I? I think you can find an emulator for it because a few years ago I played it on an emulator. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like if you you know it's it's we did Tombstone a minute before this. It's sort of like Tombstone, but in like a video game form. Um, well, thanks a lot for being on. Like I said, listeners, you should you should check out Titanic Honor and Glory, and uh, we will definitely be uh, be watching that project. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, minute one forty nine.